welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports fan perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, July 20, June 22nd. I'm rushing us. Wednesday, June 22nd. It is a Stanley Cup final game day. Game four, uh, Colorado Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning, Avs leading the series two games to one, trying to take a commanding 3-1 lead, or will Tampa Bay sweep the two games at home at Amelie Arena and make this one heck of an interesting series moving forward? So to say this is an important game, uh, and a vital game in the series would be an understatement. Very, very important game four. We will break that down, of course, here on the show today. Ian Cameron joined us by Vito. It's not the weekend. You're not seeing things. This is Wednesday. And yes, Vito is here for a rare weekday appearance. Uh, Vito, what is this? The beach? What is this? The Riga beach or what uh, that you're at here today? It's a hot day there. Or are you just hanging out uh, at, on, a, on your patio? Where, where the hell are you right now? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm actually just at my... Uh yard i mean how do you there call you it? go all right backyard <laughs> patio nothing yeah, wrong with back- that on a hot day yep yeah it's backyard here well i have a pretty okay property so in a summer i always spend time outside you know this is my lab go inside and out <laughs> it's good yeah, stuff it's, uh, i'd like yeah i'd like to go outside today but it's like 95 fahrenheit here with the humidity it's brutal here so we, we're going to wait till later in the day maybe to get some fresh air so 95, uh, how much how much is it in celsius 95 30 it's probably like 33 34 celsius here today it's really really humid here oh and this is just God. this is canada this is what uh, one hour west of toronto you know and it's freaking hot so imagine what it's like uh elsewhere you know on a day like today we've got Topher scott joining us today as our special guest we've had a great run of special guests throughout the stanley cup playoffs you can follow him on twitter at uh, the hockey uh, think tank there and he runs and he's the founder of that site uh Topher, welcome to the ice guys it's great to have you yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited for this. It's uh, that time of year where everybody gets a little excited, but he's also a little nervous. It's a little nerve-wracking, big game here tonight, so a lot on the line, and uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your uh, hockey playing days. Uh, of course, Cornell, which means you're automatically a little bit smarter than me, <laughs> definitely. Uh, you played college hockey there. You played in the Central Hockey League at, in the pro ranks for a little bit, and then you can tell us about what you're doing right now with the Hockey Think Tank. Yeah, sure. Thank you. First of all, thanks so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I grew up in Chicago, Illinois. Um, actually, grew up a Red Wings fan. Blackhawks were kind of bad when I was growing up. Um, but grew good up thing Alex B. Smith is not on this show. He would have been pissed off. And, uh, <laughs> Alex is yeah. not joining us today, but he'll be on the betcast tonight. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, we uh, grew up in Chicago. Um, played my college hockey at Cornell University. Snuck in there academically somehow. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I played a little bit of pro hockey in, in the central hockey league and then got back into coaching. You always knew I wanted to coach when I was done. So got my grad assistantship at Miami of Ohio, won a, a CCHA championship there, and then went to Cornell for another five years and, uh, was an assistant coach there as well. And then, uh, decided, uh, didn't want to spend uh, about 200 days on the road recruiting with a young family. So <laughs> decided to kind of get off and do my own thing and started the hockey think tank kind of on a whim, almost a passion project that turned into a job which is always pretty fun. And so now we're doing a lot of different stuff in the hockey world, a lot of organization, youth organization consulting, some mentorship stuff. Um, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, very active on social media, doing little breakdowns and everything like that. So it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, no question about that. And we certainly uh, wish you uh, all the best uh, with that. And it's nice to be doing something, you know, work-wise, you know, and obviously hockey, you enjoyed playing, but now you get to do hockey think tank and you love the sport. You want to stay connected to it in some form. And that's what we hear about for everyone that's retired from playing, you know, whether it's coaching, whether it's teaching, whether it's hockey handicapping and betting like Vito and uh, right now, uh, anything to stay connected with the game, with the sport that you love. Uh, no question. You have coaching, managing, scouting. We've had a couple of our guests have been involved in scouting as well. Uh, just to stay connected to the sport is uh, something that's uh, very important to people be, uh, that have stopped playing the game just because of the passion they have uh, for hockey. No question. Uh, so the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Topher, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you? What's your assessment so far uh, of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Just in general, of course, we'll talk deep dive with uh, Colorado, Tampa Bay 
uh, in just a few moments. But just overall, the Stanley Cup playoffs, you've been enjoying it. It's been exciting for you. Has it been maybe not up to the expectations that you had going in? But uh, just overall, the playoffs, what do you think? Yeah, it's been phenomenal. I think it's been incredible. And I think, you know, one of the things that the NHL probably hasn't done as, as well as a lot of these other sports is really get their stars out there and where their stars are, are front and center part of the show. And, and just to see like what McDavid did in, in those series to see what Stamkos and Kucherov are continuing to do in the playoffs. But, you know, McKinnon, like all of these young players, McCarr, I mean, to, to, to showcase in the semifinals and now into the finals, you had Connor McDavid, you have McKinnon, you have Makar, you have Kucherov, you have Vasilevsky, you have all these stars, which is what hockey needs. Hockey needs, it's always been a you know, a very humble sport, which is a, a great thing, but also we need our stars to do their thing. And I think it's really been a playoffs of the stars really elevating the game. It's been a lot of fun to watch. No doubt. And a great question to throw at Topher here from Tim McNally in our chat. Hockey would be so much popular if it wasn't so expensive. Is that fact or is that fable or fairy tale? What do you think? That is 100% fact. That's a great question right there. Uh, it's something we're fighting against a lot right now. I actually wrote an article, Why AAA Hockey is So Expensive, uh, a few years ago. That was the most well-received article that I've ever written on my website. Um, and, yeah, for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, equipment is one. Ice time has gone through the roof with so many rinks being privatized now for profit rather than community rinks, is which which kind of what we grew up with back in the day. Um, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's very expensive, but there are some things that you can do to, to kind of lower the costs, but it's, uh, it's something that I think is driving a lot of people out of the game, unfortunately. And that's why we need the NHL to be so popular to, to make sure we're keeping people in the game that are getting interested in it. Exactly. You're right about the equipment costs, the ice time costs, about the wear and tear with traveling, especially as a kid having to go to the rink. You know, and and you right, get that ice time that you need to develop and improve your skills. It's there's a lot that goes into it, and a lot that some people just say, "Hey, it's not worth the aggravation." And that's when the kids pivot to maybe another sport instead of hockey. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely I think that is fact. You're right because I've, I've heard the same uh, stuff over the years. No question about that. Uh, uh, I live in the states, and the only reason no one in my area played, we just played street hockey. Yeah, so and that's that's definitely something that's nice and affordable for everybody. Yeah, street <laughs> hockey. No question about that. Great question, Tim. Thank you very yeah. much. Great question from uh, Tim in the uh, chat here. So, uh, all right, game four, Stanley Cup final. Uh, let's uh, dissect this game, this series overall. Uh, it is tonight, uh, the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. We've got uh, even money right now, both sides, minus 110 here with uh, game four. Uh, the total has stayed pat at six in spite of the fact we've had three games go over the total here in this series, a 4-3 game one a 7-0 game two, both in favor of Colorado, and then the 6-2 win for Tampa Bay uh, in game three. But all three games go over the total, and yet we have not seen a single adjustment in this total. Like I thought maybe this would be the time we'd see 6.5 with the total for the first time in this series, but it has not happened. Uh, it is still 6 across the board, and it's actually shaded to the under uh, here tonight for game four. So when you look at game three, Tampa Bay played by far their best game of the series. Uh, I think uh, they did about as good a job uh, as they could have done, you know, in terms of neutralizing Colorado's speed. They did a better job, let's put it that way. Did a better job than they did in game one and in game two, especially in the first two periods where they took that uh, six to two lead. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky clearly stepped up after kind of a, I guess, an underwhelming game one and game two by his standards. I mean, we view him as just this elite goalie and the best goalie in the world. And yet in game one and in game two, he looked at times maybe off the angle a little bit. Uh, but Topher, I'll throw this to you right away before I go on, because sometimes when I start talking about a game, I go on for 10 minutes. I don't want to do that today. I'll throw this to you right away because this has been my mantra with Colorado all series. Why are they having success getting the chances and getting the goals that they've done against Tampa Bay's great defense and elite goalie? I'll say why. I think they move the puck faster. And it's not just when people think speed. In Colorado, that's all you hear. Colorado, speed, speed, speed. Everybody's reveling in it. Everybody's just giving them accolades for it, and rightfully so. But sometimes people get caught in that notion of speed as only skating speed. It's not just skating speed. It's puck movement speed. It's thinking the game speed. And when I look at Colorado, whether it's McCarr, Taves, any of the defensemen, any of the forwards up front, McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, uh, Lekkonen, Burakovsky, before he got injured, go on down the list. They are moving the puck fast. The puck is not sticking in one area. 
players are not stationary in the offensive zone. They're moving around. And what does that do? Gets shot blockers out of position, gets defenders out of position, gets goalies moving left and right laterally. And you're opening up all of a sudden passing lanes, shooting lanes to get pucks through to the net and ultimately get the puck in the net. And I think that's been the difference here. And Tampa Bay's finding out a world of difference from, say, New York in the East final compared to Colorado. They're just moving the puck. They're skating fast. They're moving the puck fast. They're thinking fast. They're thinking, we're going to do this before Tampa Bay's reacting to it. That's been key in this series. Is that the way you're kind of seeing it, Topher? Yeah, and I think Tampa Bay did a much better job in Game 3 kind of neutralizing that in, in a couple different ways. And as, as a coach, I'm always interested in the game within the game and the chess match. And I think Colorado's speed defensively is actually what was uh, a big deciding factor in in how well they played in transition. Uh, you looked at how many times Tampa Bay turned the puck over because Colorado was all up in their face. And then they were able to get some chances in transition. And what you saw in game three was Tampa Bay was just um, punting the puck. You know, you see how many times they flipped the puck in the neutral zone, flipped the puck in the neutral zone, lived to fight another day, which didn't allow Colorado to get in on and establish their their fastness, if that's what you want to call it, uh, in, in their forecheck. And uh, Mike Kelly is a great follow on Twitter. Uh, he works for the NHL Network. He said that defensive zone exits for Tampa Bay, 42% of them were flips out in the neutral zone. That's a pretty high percentage. You know, usually we want to promote skill, 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 make plays, but they were just punting and hunting and uh, didn't allow Colorado to get in on, on their forecheck uh, as much, which neutralized them a little bit. And so uh, you're a hundred percent, right? Colorado is extremely fast, not only with the way that they skate, but the way that they transition uh, the way that they make plays in transition. And obviously with guys like McKinnon, um, you look at Nachushkin, what he's doing, you look at Burkowski and then the meat and potatoes guys like Nachushkin and, uh, and, and Landeskog. I mean, they got everything. And then it all starts obviously with McCarr too. I mean, McCarr is just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I think Tampa Bay did a much better job in game three, kind of neutralizing that, making a little bit of an adjustment. And uh, it, it showed it showed because Colorado wasn't able to play as fast. Yeah, they did. And you're right. It was just basically get the puck out. We'll worry about our offense and our five-man attack after that. Let's, let's take care of that first. And they especially did that in the third period when it was almost park the bus time with that big four-goal lead. And – yeah. At the same time, and Vito, I'll throw this to you because I already know what you like tonight uh, in this game. No, I will just back back up what he said a little bit. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Well, I will totally back up what the Topher said. said. Yes, because uh, he said that Tampa Bay was flipping out the pucks out of the defense zone to the neutral zone, and I would argument this is the same thing which I said actually when I was betting Tampa in the game three. I said Tampa have to limit the turnovers. So how they can limit the turnovers, the easiest way is just to flip the puck out of the zone in neutral zone, you know. So that's what Tampa did. So, yeah, yeah there's one stat, guys, and if you will check it a little bit deeper, if Tampa makes less than 20 turnovers a game, they win the game. So if Tampa make more than 20 turnovers, they lose the game. Simple as that. So this is the stat. That is. It seems like a, a, an over-under number of turnovers. They go under yeah. that number, they're going to have a great chance to win. They go over that number against this Avs team, uh, then they're going to have a really good chance to lose You know, if they do that. So you're right, that's been a good uh, comparison. Yeah, they flipped the puck in the air out of the zone, as Bob in our chat says. They skyhooked it, as our great friend Doc Emmerich would always say. I miss Doc, by the way, Doc, especially at this time of year. Tampa always find a way, right? That's what we talk. That's what John yeah. Cooper does, you know. As a, as a unit, you know, it's not like switching one player to the third line, bringing up from player from third line to second. It's not the adjustments that we're talking about. Adjustment is when the whole unit does the same thing. There is nobody falling out from that structure, you know, and that's what Tampa can do. Yeah, no question. Uh, no question about that. That being said, while it looked so impressive on paper, like if you look at the final score and you see 6-2 Tampa, you think, great, impressive, dominant game. Not so dominant. Colorado still had their chances. They did They did enough to win. They capitalized on all their chances. The early goal for Sorelli, the great give-and-go on that two-on-two -two play that Tampa Bay executed in that first period, I thought was absolutely brilliant with Palat and Stamkos. It was terrific for that two-to-one goal in the first period. Uh, I like to see that. An old-fashioned old given. I think Ray Ferraro said it that. An old-fashioned give-and-go, two-on-two. You don't see that all the time these days. And that was a great play on the... Uh, Tampa second goal. Uh, Nick Paul in the slot made it 3-1. You could say Kemper a little weak on that goal, but still prime A position. 
give uh, Tampa credit for getting that opportunity. Uh, and then 3-2, and then, of course, 4-2, Stamkos, a breakdown, which hasn't happened a ton for Colorado in this series, leaving Stamkos all alone uh, for the 4-2 goal. And then Patty Maroon just wheeling his way to the net and roofing the backhand over the uh, uh, shoulder of Kemper for the fifth goal. So there were some yeah. nice goals. They capitalized on their chances, but let's not think make it seem like Colorado did nothing in the game, even though they lost 6-2. They were pouring it on in the third, and Vasilevsky had to be absolutely outstanding, and they still got damn near 40 shots. Uh, in, it was never, uh, let me add, it was never, three, never yeah. expected. It was never expected yeah. from Darcy Kemper to make make unbelievable saves, right? Going into series, yeah. we all know his goal saved above average, you know. So when he yeah. sees Tamkos in the slot, it's pretty much it's a goal, and nobody says it's Kemper's fault because we don't yeah. expect it from him. He, he just needs to be decent, you know. And Avs yeah. has to limit the shots under twenty, under twenty-five shots a game then Darcy Kemper can play good. You know, if they allow more than 30 shots a game, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, and that's true. You, you can't be giving a guy like Darcy Kemper those kind of chances nine times out of ten to, to have to stop, right? A stamp goes all alone in front of the net. A Nick Paul right in the slot, like the, like for the third goal. Or that two-on-two -two where Palat gets, you know, makes basically, uh, you know, the Colorado, I think it was Landeskog, go to the corner there, taking care of stamp goes. Who the hell's taking care of Palat? Nobody. Uh, on that second goal, so well, those are the breakdowns. You cannot, you cannot ask Kemper to make these ten bell saves. Not that he can't do it, but he's probably not going to do it more often than not, especially compared to Vasilevsky. Yeah, but know, about the other goal, Ian. Ian, about that goal. I mean, we ha we see that happening two nights in a row. To be honest, you know, because we saw Kucherov splitting with Palat, Makar, yeah. and Tapes in the Denver and putting in yeah. a goal. Same thing they do here, you know, and that's the worst. Worst thing which can happen from the defenseman, you know, you don't want to see forwards splitting each other because then you need to split the guys. Once you split, uh, once the forwards split to each other, it's very hard, you know. So, yeah, that, that was very great play by the leadership from Tampa. Yeah, difficult play to defend, especially, yes, when it's uh, well executed. Uh, there's no question about that. All right, Vito, so I'll go to you here with – we'll do props after, the player props. We'll do that at the end. We always like to uh, finish with that. So we'll just start right now with a side and total here for game four tonight. Vito, Colorado, Tampa Bay. Oh, wow. Well, I've been running good in this series a little bit, you know. So I picked Avs in the first two games. I picked Tampa Bay in the third game because, well, it just has, has to be placed. But, yeah, today, I mean, overall, I will be just straight, you know. We, we, we know that Avalanche is, is a better little bit team, you know. They're skating better. The transition is better. they outshotting them every time, you know. The goal is better for the Tampa Bay. Well, in this game, how I saw this early in the series, I think that uh, Colorado, if they want to win the Cup, they have to finish the series fast, you know. So fast would, mean, what would be to win the game full and to finish uh, it at 4-1 four, four in Denver, you know. That's, I think, else the best way how they can win, you know. If they take this deep, 2-2, two, 3-2, two, three, two, three, three, I think that's when uh, we see Tampa Bay Lightning will be a little bit better. I think just because of the goaltending line, you know, because once that series will go deeper, I think that games definitely will get more low scoring. So now we see all over, only overs, you know. So once it go deeper, it will be unders. And once it's Anders, I think it's big Vasilevsky will be the right side. So for the Colorado to win this series, they have to do it fast. And now you see Colorado was home for a long time, okay? They won two road games in Edmonton, and then they sit home, wait for Tampa. They play two games at home. Now they go on the road. Sometimes I always see for the teams which sit too much at home and they go first game on the road, they're kind of not ready for it, you know? So I expect the Avalanche to be better here. I think it favors them. The game four, second game in Tampa, I think a little bit favors Avalanche there. And another question is like how much is left in tank, of course, for Tampa Bay, because it's the third cup run. I mean, and these last two seasons feels like one big season with all these COVID things and rescheduling the games. And, you know, and we see the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit. Well, actually from both teams, if we talk about, you know, well, there is point out, there is Kadri out, and now we have Kucherov and Paul playing, but we, we cannot know if they are 100%, right? We saw with Oilers, Dreisaitl playing like 50%. I don't think it's worth it to go on the ice if you are 50%, but they put some AHL rookie, you know, he will be better. So we don't know if Kucherov is 100%. We don't know if Nick Paul is 100%. Same thing a little bit with Avalanche. 
And I mean, credit to you, Ian, you always say that Burakovsky, when he, when he gets hot, he gets hot, you know, and that's what I also hear from comment, uh, commentator from Avalanche. He said that Burakovsky is a streaky guy and Burakovsky is out as a well. So we have some guys missing here with injuries, you know. And now coming to this game for, well, the first game still, Avs didn't play bad, as you said. They had an opportunities. I mean, they scored the first goal. Okay, that was uh, offside. It was not counted, you know, and it is what it is. Rules are rules, but still they scored. And then they scored again. So basically they were leading the game in the first period, you know. So I think Avs, you know, if, if in, in the first game, if they kind of lost it two to six, I think this will be much, much closer. I think the Avs also kind of understands this one, you know, because they, they have to steal this one on the road, I mean. And uh, me, myself, in this game, I just got going to go with Avs, you know, because first two games, it ended, well, it was, how you call it, I don't know, uh, disgusting, no, but that, I mean, 7 nothing. it's a big loss, you know, and everybody was... It was a shellacking, a thrashing, that's what you're looking yeah, for. Everybody yeah, everybody's for O's. <laughs> Four nothing sweep avalanche. Let's go and so on. And yeah. well, I bet Tampa and one, one game now Tampa wins and everybody now starts to thinking think you know oh maybe Tampa also can play hockey. I, hmm. <laughs> oh, fading the rhetoric is what you're saying. The, the narrative, yeah, yeah. It's not so always that, a bad decision. Yeah. So well, sometimes it's weird, you know. But uh, yeah, it's hockey. You know, that's that's how it is. It doesn't matter. You lose two three or you or you lose zero seven. I would prefer. The Tampa lost 0-7. It was easier for me to bet Tampa in game three that they lost 0-7, not 3-4, you know. But yeah. now again, after a 6-2 victory, everybody will think, I think, that Tampa will come out and win here. I think I will go with... I'm going with Avalanche here on the money line. It's at, at the, at the Pickham. I think Avalanche still is a better team. I think after a loss, well, it doesn't matter after a loss or what. I think that the second game in Tampa, it will be easier a little bit for Avalanche to adjust. You know, that first game, you come out, you're fresh on new ice, you're kind of scramby you know and they still didn't play bad but now the game two i think this this could go to ot it could be two two games somehow and apps maybe still steals this in an overtime three to two so yeah my, my strategy in this series are i'm betting apps now if i have to win apps win and i'm betting apps in game four if apps lose tonight then i will change my strategy i will try to lean more to bolts because as i said once it goes deeper i think the bolts have more chances to win you know but for now on the game uh, game four here i think uh, leadership will be will step up from avalanche i mean tampa bay is good you know but tampa bay is not there as a speed in that transition yeah. level with the avalanche you know they can be good but patrick uh, maroon and Corey perry they have the experienced guys to give it that tap and so on you know but in the end i think the story will be that well tampa was tired avalanche just was better we all know that Tampa tried hard, Avalanche won. Well, I'm on the Avalanche minus one and a half games in this series, and I will go with Avalanche here. I think this is the spot where they're stealing this game on the road. All right, Colorado to take a 3-1 series lead. I want to update the injury situations. Kadri is a game-time decision. He was on the ice for the morning skate this morning. Bednar says we're going to see right before the game how he feels, and if he's up to play, he'll be uh, he'll be in the line. I think he's going to play. I would not shock me just because he's pretty tough son of a gun, Nazem Kadri. Uh, coming back, he's coming back from thumb surgery. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to be, especially now that he's got the reason to shake up the lineup now, Bednar, for the first time in this series because they're coming off a loss instead of a win. You always say you don't alter or or fix or you know shake up or change a winning lineup. Well, now you finally lost, and you've got a chance to put Kadri in. You're going to if he can play at all. So what about this thumb injury? Which hand he has the injury, right or left? Uh, for him, it is the uh, it's the right. Yeah, I think right. it's the right. Yeah, yeah. So it's obviously you know the That's shooting hand. That's the stick handling. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, few players say they can stick stick handle with their wrist. You know, they don't need the whole finger. I know. Yeah. Well, maybe he can do it. We saw Drysdale coming out with the sprained ankle, and it was not the best story. I would say. Yeah, he struggled, and he was just gutsy as all get out to even play through that, uh, no doubt. So we'll see if Kadri's in. Burakovsky's still out. He's definitely not going to play tonight. Uh, Gerard's out for the rest of the playoffs, and Point is still out for Tampa Bay. So he'll miss a second straight game. Kucherov will play, uh, even though there was some question about that. And uh, Nick Paul also got a little bit banged up in Game 3. He'll play. Uh, as well for Tampa, so no change with the Tampa Bay lineup, but we might see Kadri back in. Uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm on Colorado team total again here uh, tonight. 
uh, in this game. You know, I, I, I like that at the, at the two and a half. I liked it in game three. And even though they only landed on two, you know, I think there's going to be a good chance for them to get over two and a half. Minus 148, by the way, is the team total here for Colorado tonight. Over two and a half at Pinnacle. I mean, to me, I got to bet that. I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to get to three goals. Vasilevsky had to be terrific in game three just for them to stay below three goals and only get two uh, on the board. Uh, so I think Colorado over team total is good. I'm going to take uh, first period and full game over split. I'm going to split them up between first period over one and a half and, and full game over six, over one and a half minus 135 for the first period, over six even money uh, for the uh, full game. Uh, those are the that, That's really what I like. Those three bets, the team total over Colorado two and a half uh, and the full game and first period over. I lean to the Avs money line, but I, I think I like the team total more uh, in terms of uh, the Colorado side of things. Uh, Topher, how about you? Break it down. Game four tonight. I am with you guys with Colorado. I think Colorado is going to take it tonight, and because of two words, Nathan McKinnon. I think Nathan McKinnon is going to have a breakout game. Um, You're I, foreshadowing I, the player prop segment on my. I do have that as well. I, love I it. do have that as well. Um, but I just think this this is a kid, and he's not a kid anymore. But this is somebody who you just see the fire in his eyes. And, you know, you, you think about Colorado winning the first two series or the first two games of the series. You look at Tampa winning the second or winning game three. A big part of the reason of that is who gets last change. And that's the home team. And so John Cooper and his staff gets to throw out whoever they want against McKinnon when McKinnon comes out on the ice. And Victor Hedman is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. And if it's not him, it's McDonough, who's also one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL as well. And Sergachev is, is unbelievable too. Um, I, I think, you know, McKinnon was minus two in, in uh, game three. Um, he hasn't had a goal in the series. And I think this is a guy who's going to be possessed tonight. You saw him in an optional skate out working on his game for a star player to be out in an optional skate in the Stanley cup finals. Um, you don't see that very often. This guy is, and you saw him last year when they lost, he was pissed. He was upset. And, and I think he was a little bit embarrassed. He's probably a little, he's a proud guy. Uh, he has, doesn't have a goal in the series yet. He's one of the few guys in the NHL in history that has more points per game in the playoffs than he does in, in the regular season. And, and I think he's going to come out and have a game, even though Tampa Bay gets the last change, I think McKinnon's going to go out and put this team on his shoulders uh, and get the job done. So um, uh, it's almost one of those head and heart things. I feel like the head is kind of saying Tampa uh, because of John Cooper and the way he coaches. And, and, you know, this is a team that's won two in a row. They know how to win, but I just feel like Nathan McKinnon is uh, the, the coach in me just sees him taking over the series and, and abs um, winning this game. All right, there we go. Liking the abs here, minus 110 for uh, game four. All right, player props. Uh, I'll start with player props. Um, let's start with uh, the, the person that uh, Topher mentioned, Nathan McKinnon. Look, I get it. He's not had the goal scoring we expect from him in this series so far. No goals in the first three games. But guess what? They didn't really say much about it after game one, media. They didn't say much about it after game two. But finally, after game three, and finally they lose a game in that series, we heard the media saying, are you concerned, Nathan, about the fact you haven't had a goal here in the first three? They're finally needling him you know, a little bit about, hey, you haven't scored a goal uh, here in the first uh, three games of this series. And now that the media is openly talking about it, that he's gone goalless so far in this series, you watch how that sp spurs Nathan McKinnon on tonight uh, in this game. Because I think the absolute best players in their sport, the elite players, Media starts to just, you know, jibber-jabber about, uh-oh, what's wrong with this guy? He hasn't scored in a couple games. Oh, he only had 10 points in that NBA playoff game the other night. What's wrong with him? Uh, you know, is something going on? The elite player, when they start getting that criticism, if you will, or just that questioning from the media, that line, well, why haven't you scored lately? When they start getting that kind of questioning, they step it up to another level. And if Nathan McKinnon's the elite player we think he is in the NHL, to me, this is the perfect spot to expect him to step up tonight to, to quell what's going on here. All the question marks, all the people saying, hey, well, where's your goal scoring here in this series? And watch him get a goal tonight uh, here to, uh, for the uh, Avalanche. Now, uh, you're still ne never going to get you know a bargain you know in terms of the goal score prop market for uh, Nate McKinnon. 
you know, plus 130, plus 140. But if you want to, because he can tend to score in bunches, we know that. We've had a bunch of two-goal games, and we even saw the hat trick that he had against St. Louis uh, in the second round. You sprinkle on two-plus goals for McKinnon if you want, and you'll get a really good uh, uh, price on that uh, if you're interested, you know, to go over the multiple uh, goal scorer route. Uh, you know, get 11, 12 to 1 with that, or even Hattrick at a crazy uh, return. So I, I think it's one of those nights where I think McKinnon can, will explode a little bit uh, offensively after getting questioned a little bit about where's the goals, where have the goals been for him uh, in the first three games? And he's still shooting the puck a lot. Like he's still getting five or more shots on goal uh, in most games. You'd think there's going to be at some point one of these that gets past uh, Andre Vasilevsky. So I think that. Nathan McKinnon props for goal scoring, I think, are worth a look tonight uh, in this uh, game. Uh, as far as other props, I still think with the fact that you've got Arturi Lekkonen playing on the uh, second line, he offers value. Uh, Kadri, let's not forget, Kadri, if he plays tonight, he was a point-producing machine prior to his injury. 14 points in 13 playoff games for Nazem Kadri before his injury, so... If he's in, and we, even though we don't know exactly, you know, with the thumb how he's going to play if he's in, but I think to get a point is still worth a look based on just the insane production, 14 and 13 games in the postseason uh, for Nazem Kadri. So those are some props I'm targeting for Colorado. Big Val, of course. It goes without saying you've <laughs> got to keep looking at him to get a point uh, and get big a goal. Val. Yeah, big shocker <laughs> there, Vito. I'm back on the Valerie Nachushkin Express. Uh, in terms of uh, player props tonight, I mean, he's just been not a shocker. Yeah, yeah, I would exactly. Say not a shocker because uh, not a shocker. It's no, about it the isn't. time for the guy. It's about the time. Yeah, yeah. But I think he'll have a good night. Yeah. When Colorado plays well, he usually finds the uh, back of the net, or he at least gets a point. I think you're going to see that again from him tonight. And if you look at our uh, sponsor book, you're our partner book, DraftKings, still getting good, you know, value, uh, good odds with him just to get a point minus 140 you know that's not insurmountable that's not an astronomical price minus 140 uh for nachushkin to get a point here uh, in this game so i definitely look in that direction as far as tampa bay goes someone mentioned sorelli uh anthony sorelli over shots and to get a goal might be worth a look maybe one of those situations where he's not been scoring a lot but he gets one the other night in game three he gets streaky and, and maybe a little I'm bit here. of confidence from that and he's able to uh, build on that. So, you know, Sorelli anytime goal scorer, Sorelli to get a point, Sorelli over one and a half shots on goal. Remember, his shots on goal prop is only one and a half. And as Clint says in the chat, he's gone over that shots on goal number in five straight home games here in the playoffs, eight of the last 10 overall for Sorelli. You. I did yeah. mention, mention you, I think, the last time as well. And I've been writing that even with a uh, bad price, it's like minus 140, minus 150 all the time. But he gets yep. to those shots because he has the shot attempts. Yeah, no question. I think Hedman over shots on goal is good as well because you look at it, he's gotten three uh, in each of the last two games in this series. The shot attempts are there. Victor Hedman is shooting the puck a lot from the point. Uh, there's no question about that. So I think the Hedman over two and a half shots on goal uh, is worth a look uh, in this game as well. Uh, but as far as and Nick Paul to get a point, Nick Paul to get a goal. He has been a terrific, terrific presence for the Lightning, and he's going to get paid by somebody in the offseason. This guy is a UFA after this Stanley Cup final. Someone is going to pay him. Uh, there's no question about that uh, as well. Ron in our chat likes Miko Rantanen to get the uh, to get a goal tonight, find the uh, back of the net. Rantanen to score uh, a goal, by the way, tonight is plus uh, 150 or so. So uh, Rantanen to get the uh, back of the net for Ron. So those are some of the props I like right there. Nick Paul, uh, especially. I, I liked Corey Perry the last game. Uh, I don't know if the depth players are going to shine through other than Paul quite as much tonight for Tampa Bay. There's probably going to be more of an onus on Colorado to you take away, you know, the, the depth scoring. You know, make Stamkos and Kucherov beat you. Don't let Perry and Paul and Maroon, of all people, you know, get goals and beat you. Uh, and I think Colorado will probably try to take some of that away here tonight. So I, I have a little bit less confidence tonight in, say, Perry, Maroon, you know, down the depth, down the lineup players for the Lightning to chip in and produce offensively. I think if Tampa scores tonight, it's going to be more of the big guns. Uh, Topher, uh, player props. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I think the big one for me in just in looking at everything is is Vasilevsky under 32.5 saves tonight at plus 100. Um, I, I think this is going to be, Vito, you talked about it, the further the series goes, the the more defensive it gets, the more tight checking, the more the teams kind of know each other and stuff. I don't, you know, Colorado had 39 shots last game. That'll happen when you get down that quickly by that much where you're just kind of like now it's the strategy. We just got to get pucks on net. We got to get pucks on net. We got to get pucks on net. Uh, I don't see Colorado having as many shots this game. I think Tampa, they also blocked 27 shots last game. Like this is a decor that blocks a lot of shots uh, as well. So um, Vasilevsky at plus 100 for under 32.5. That's one for me that, that I would take um, just because I do think it's going to be a little bit more of a grinded out defensive type battle uh, tonight. And, And Tampa Bay's defense is, you know, they're not afraid to eat a puck <laughs> and they're forwards too. About that, there's no question. And they're Vasilevsky under saves prop. Now, they had 39 shots, Colorado, uh, in game three. Uh, but I don't think Tampa Bay is in a position where they're going to want <laughs> they're going to want to see that kind of shot output again uh, tonight here in game four from the Avs. So uh, in terms of being able to kind of slow it down and be able uh, to play a little bit better defensively, not make Vasilevsky face that kind of uh, shot volume again. Uh, it's probably going to be an onus for them here uh, in this uh, game. Uh, point is out tonight to uh, Keith asking in the chat. Uh, no no Braden point tonight for uh, Tampa Bay. That is official. He's out. So the lineup's going to stay the same, you know, especially it's a winning lineup. They didn't have point in game three and they won. So, you know, John Cooper's not going to really mix uh, or change anything. My Still former Pilot. teammate, Riley Nash, going in the yeah. lineup there. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Fourth liner and look, an effective player. He's good, for, good on the four check, physical player knows. He knows his role, right? He knows what he's out there to do. You know, four check, keep pucks alive in the offensive zone, get physical, you know, take the body, uh, all that stuff. Uh, Nash with Bel- Belmar and Maroon on that fourth line. Perry, Paul and Colton still the third line. Kalorn, Sorelli, Hagel. I, Brandon Hagel, I think, is worth a look again. I'm going to go back to Brandon Hagel tonight. I know it swung and missed with him for goal score and point and shots on goal, but on the second line for the Lightning tonight with uh, Kalorn and Sorelli, uh, uh, he's certainly going to have opportunity. So I'm going to go back to some Hagel props tonight for the Lightning. And, of course, the wonderful top line uh, doesn't uh, change Palat, Stamkos, and Kucherov uh, for the attempt. And Palat point. I can't believe I almost negated that. Uh, Andre Palat point. Uh, you know, I don't even have to mention it. I shouldn't have to mention it. You guys know I bet that shit every game. Yeah. Every game. Andre Palat. Honestly, uh, Topher, we've talked about this for weeks now. Andre Palat being mispriced in terms of his point prop. And it's still only minus 140 tonight. Oh, big deal. They they upped at 10 cents from minus 130 to minus 140. Still too cheap. I mean, the guy has been... The guy has gotten a point in every home playoff game for the Tampa every, Bay Lightning. He's playing every top line in in the league has somebody that does the little things that allows yep. the stars to shine. You know, yep. and and Palat obviously is a very good player, but having the chance to to play with Stamkos and and Kucherov, who are elite generational type talents, you know, Palat is a guy that's just unbelievably smart and unbelievably just gritty. And, and relentless and can get pucks back on shot retrievals to get them to, um, you know, to get to the stars. He can be F1 in the four check and, and cause some turnovers to get pucks to the stars. You know, he can be the first guy back on the back check. Like he just does everything really, really well. I think he was like a sixth round draft pick um, Tampa Bay scouting yep. staff. I mean, another that's, gem. That's yep. something that doesn't get talked about enough. And then I know quite a few guys in that scouting department and those guys are a absolute plus hard workers good people don't just you know look for the um you know the shiny thing at the end of the tunnel like they're really really thorough really really good at what they do and you see that with a lot of these value draft picks that keep coming up and coming up and coming up and um their professional scouting staff too you look at the way that they've made these trades for some of these third fourth line players that have stepped up big you look at the pauls and the hagels like we've been talking about but even in previous years with the barkley goodrows and how well they did the blake coleman's and how big they were in in these types of playoffs and um it's it's a well-oiled machine there with Tampa. 
Um, again, like I'll, I, I picked the abs tonight. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think anybody would be surprised either way. Um, but just the way that they go about it and pull out, like you said, I mean, just a guy that does all the little things like smart players, generational type talents, like they need people like Pilat to, to be able to be successful. And, and he does that for that line. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Palat is valuable. And I just want to reiterate what it's like. Look, I'm, I'm going to compare. You talk about the prototype of a player that elevates his game at the in the playoffs. Look at Palat's regular seasons the last few years. Uh, 41 points in 69 games. That's actually pretty good. 46 points in 55 games last year. That was really good. But this year, 77 games in the regular season for Palat, 49 points. That's 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 good. That's good. But it's not, you know, spectacular for a regular season. 49 points in 77 games. But look at the playoff numbers for Palat. 10 points in 17 games in 2015-16. 12 points in 17 playoff games, 2017-18. Uh, the first cup that they won, 1920. 18 points in 25 playoff games. Last year, the second Stanley Cup, the back-to-back. -back, 13 points in 23 games. And this year, he's rolling along nicely. Uh, with you know a point in almost every game and a point in every home game here in the well, playoffs, he's elevates. He elevates his game at playoff time. That's what the good ones do, and that's what Andre Palat's consistently done. Yeah, a little bit. Just adding, you know, I like to see those guys who fight themselves in the first line. You know, because when the Palat came, he was not like you know, hey, here you go, mate, get a black jersey. You're in the first line with Stamkos and Kucherov. It not was. It was not like that. You know, he fight himself in there. You know, and that's what Tampa actually do. You know. Now we see the third line coming in this depth, you know, and Cooper saying, mm, I didn't think this guy, uh, this guy, Nick Paul, is as good as I, as he is, you know. I didn't expect this from him. But, you know, as you come to this team, as you see Hedman and Stamkos, these two, I, I would say these two guys, when, when you see them, you want to compete in the practices, you know. You want to show yourself that you are on the same level, you know. And at that same point, you don't notice yourself how, much of the practice and how much of the training you get and how much of a get a better player you are, you know. So that's what I would say, Palat. But that's what good teams actually do, you know. And Palat is there now in the first line. He's maybe not the top scorer, but that's what good teams do. They put two strong forwards, I would say, and they put the third one, which can support them, I mean. And that's what great clubs do. If you guys just quick, quick say, like, I don't know how uh, history this big is, but if you remember Pittsburgh Penguins, Crosby, who he played with, Kunitz, Dupois, Ryan Malone, Hornquist. Those, those are the wings which Crosby got in the first line, and he got the cups with them. So you don't need to be elite. You just need to be decent with the head so you can make the right place, you know. And there you go. You can play with Stamkos, and that's it. You know, you just need to be a decent player with a good mind and don't chirp too much. That's absolutely right. I mean, Crosby can play with anybody, Palat or Kucherov and Stamkos. Now, I shouldn't say – we can't make it sound like Palat's just anybody. Palat's a very good player. You know, there's a little bit more to him than, say, your Malones and uh, who you no, were mentioning. Kunitz, with, uh, Crosby, Kunitz would be the no. same like Palat, I would say, no? no? Kind of. Yeah. A little bit more a little bit more high-end skill with Palat, in my opinion, uh, at Maybe. least compared to some of yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, and by the way, Keith, uh, who's in our chat, was in our betcast, was on the betcast on Monday night for uh, Game Three for a little bit in the first period, uh, saying about Lightning have done a great job building a strong culture and team first, and yeah, Cooper a great coach, Cooper a great coach. I saw a, a terrific scene with John Cooper in the New York series. It was the clinching game of that series, Game Six. It was on that you know that documentary series they do every year, Road to the Stanley Cup. It's on you know streaming service, I think, in the U.S. on ESPN Plus, and I think it's on YouTube for people in Canada. But either way, Cooper says in the second intermission, they're up one nothing, going into the third, trying to close out the Rangers, says these guys have nothing in the tank. They've hit a wall. You just dump the puck in in the third period. We know what we have to do. Make them turn around, make their defense skate, turn around, and go back and retrieve the puck. It's like because we've got them on the ropes. We've got them physically spent right now from the seven-game series yeah. with uh, Pittsburgh, the seven-game series with Carolina, six games with Tampa. And he just said right away, this is how we finish the series. Not that we go after a 2 nothing or a 3 nothing lead. We defend, 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 and we make those guys go and retrieve, turn around and retrieve the puck on defense for New York and tire them out even more and relentlessly forecheck them even more. That's great coaching. 
that's great tactics. And that's what he said in his speech. And I was blown away. That's when I said, man, if I didn't think Cooper was a great coach already, I, I listened to something like that. And I'm like, he was 100% right in how to go about it in that third period against the Rangers to finish that series. Yeah, well, quick add. Uh, now I uh, hear what Cooper says, actually, and that's the right thing. And this could be a problem for, for uh, Tampa. He says, let's not play on our heels. Let's play on our toes, you know. And uh, against the Rangers, it's easy to play on your toes, you know. It's easy. But against yeah. the Avalanche, it has to be reminded every period. Guys, we have to be on our toes. We cannot be on our heels. And that is the small problem why they can lose. Because yeah. they are yeah, and John Cooper, I mean, there's a reason why Tampa is where they are. And and he's won at every level. And being in the coaching circles, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, I've met him before and and I wouldn't say I know him at all, but um one of the assistant coaches uh came and spoke at our conference a few years ago and he had an unbelievable story about Cooper and Kucherov. And so it was the year that Kucherov started off the year really bad. It was his MVP year, but his first, whatever, four or five games, he, he just wasn't doing very well. And uh, so, you know, as a coaching staff, um, Derek Lalonde, the assistant coach that spoke at our conference, and he, he tells the story how they're watching video and just Kucherov, he wasn't doing much and he wasn't working hard and they were just so mad. He's a star player and they were so pissed. And so they're like, all right, we're going to give it to him the next day, you know, so they come in for practice the next day and um, Cooper's like, I got this guy. He's like, I'll go talk to him or whatever. Okay. Cooper takes Kucherov into the office. Um, you know, they're in there for however long and the assistant coaches are wondering how it's going, you know, and they're giving it to Kucherov because of how, you know, they, he wasn't playing well. And all of a sudden Cooper comes out of the office with Kucherov and they're laughing. They got their arms around each other <laughs> and, and just, uh, you know, and, and, but he just knows people. If you if you've heard about John Cooper, you know that he just knows people and he values people, and uh, and that's just Kucherov went on to win the MVP that year. He just knows how to manage his players, and that yep. is something we can talk about all the X's and O's and adjustments. And yeah, they have really good people on their staff that can do that as well. Um, but at the end of the day, like his his gift is in people, and that's why it's hard. It's honestly hard to bet against Tampa Bay. <laughs> because of those kinds of they've proven it that they can win and, and do the job. Um, but like I said earlier, I, I'm not betting against Nathan McKinnon for the rest of this series. Um, but just a, another little story there about Cooper, like you guys were talking about, he's a Hall of Fame coach and and uh just really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah really, really Cooper. And uh I mean totally agree with what you said, Toffer, because he left Vasilevsky in there for seven goals. I think he I think he knows his guys. You know, everybody was saying, pull, pull Vasilevsky, pull Vasilevsky. He will be done, you know. Vasilevsky refused to go, to go out, apparently, from what I heard. That's that's apparently how it went down, yeah. Well, either well, way, too, he's getting a lot of crap right now for leaving Kucherov in there at the end, you know, on that power play when he might have gotten yeah. hurt on the five-on-three. But at yeah. the end of the day, like, as a coach, again, you have to know your players. Mm -hmm. Kucherov lives on his points. Yep. Like he, yeah. I don't know that, but I would imagine he's a guy that is very prideful about how many points he has. Yes. So Cooper is going to keep him out there on a five on three, because yes. if Kucherov gets another point, he's going to feel better about his game, which means that the next game, he's going to have a little bit more confidence, you know? And so I just feel like that's, maybe it was the wrong decision. Who knows? They won the game. No, I don't know. But as a guy that, um, he, that, that is known for knowing his players, I have to imagine that that had something to do with it. I mean, I mean, he puts on his first power play unit, you know. He will still do that. It's the first power play unit. Extra practice will never come bad, you know. So for the power play, I think it was the right choice to leave him on, you know. Don't want to take him off. It's just unfortunate situation, I would say, where yeah. he got Yeah, injured. of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't have an issue with that. I had more of an issue with the Vasilevsky thing, but then you hear that Vasilevsky didn't want to go out in that game, and it kind of changes even that and what ended up happening. But uh, I just want to say in the chat, uh, some Jeffrey was saying, "What about abs and regulation uh, instead of?" I, but the thing is, I don't think like I see minus one hundred seven at some books with the full game money line on Colorado. I don't think that's too expensive. I think you should just bet that. I mean, if, if you, you want to go in regulation, price, I, have an, I have him a suggestion for a higher price. If he wants regulation, he can find pretty much the same value with uh, Avalanche minus one full full game total. So just in case, maybe it goes to OT. If Avalanche wins, you push the game. Or yep. empty nether, you, uh, in regulation, you win four to two, you cash. So only way you don't cash is if you lose the game or if Avalanche win in regulation by one goal. So minus one full game total would be the way to go, I think. 
Excellent, Vito. Phenomenal. Phenomenal uh, recommendation there because I, even at Pinnacle right now, I see uh, regulation plus 139 Colorado, but the minus one for Colorado is plus uh, 151. Look at the difference yep. there. Yep. Better price. Better yep. price on Colorado minus one than Colorado in regulation. But make sure it's full game. Full game. Yes, of course. Full yeah. game puck line. Full game minus one uh, with Colorado for sure. All right. So I said my props. Uh, Topher said his. Vito, uh, do you have any props you like tonight? Yeah. I wanted to say. I, for me, I, props, I don't bet so much props because this is a team game for me, you know. And sometimes when I see Nathan McKinnon with zero points, but a good effort, I'm happy for it. But uh, yeah, we still talk about the props. And someone mentioned this Sirelli, of course. I mean, Sirelli over one. You need two shots from him, and he got that, those two shots early last game. So I think Anthony Sirelli over one and a half shot is a great look. But talking about props, I mean, for me, I see this a two-two game. So who I can take as a prop? I well. I will not give all the props here out. I you mean, can take Andre Pilat point, minus 140. Andre well, Pilat to get a point. a mistake. I don't need to take, yeah. uh, say that. Well, Big Val. Big Val. Big Val, yeah. that's a big Val. And Andre Pilat, that's two guys from two yeah. different teams. To get a point, That that that's for sure. And then some extra would be Cirelli. I think he still gets those over one and a half shots. I kind of feel the Makar assist. If you can get something good with Makar assist, minus 120, just to get an assist. I think Makar comes out and assists in this game. So, yeah, those props for me here. And pretty much the props, yeah, I, I don't dig too much in the props because this is a team game. You know, we are not playing tennis. All right. No, you've, you've, you've bet some props before, but you don't love them tonight. I get what you mean. Well, Brian. yeah, I've bet some props before, but one recommendation, I think, with the props, you have to look for those uh, big values, you know, and the uh, Right. I mean, there is. I, I tried a little bit, you know, and there is so much players and you think all of them can get an assist. What means an assist? You, I mean, you make a shot on the net, you get a rebound and score, you get an assist, but in the end of the day, it's not that easy. So with the props, I would not take like this Kucherov or Stamkos because they don't have value. I would go with Corey Perry, Anthony Cirelli, Nick Paul, and from Avalanche, Big Val. What about Hegel, second line? He's going to get minutes. Yeah. Hegel. Yep. Yep. Hegel from Tampa Bay. Yeah, but I think now actually about the Colorado, since we have Burakowski out of the lineup, right? Right. So the first line will be Big Val, Mac, Landeskog. Yep. Then you're going to have Rantanen, Lehkonen, JT Comfort. Comp, that's no. right. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, Unless JT it changes. Comfort. No, Kadri. If Kadri comes back, Kadri will be in the second line center spot. It'll be Kadri, Ranton, and Lekkonen if Kadri comes back. If he doesn't come back, Comfort will be in that spot. Yep. Well, these props, yeah, actually, these props have to be better before the game when you see the final lineup, you know, because now we are just predicting something and then we see different lineup and it's different things. But yeah, I mean, JT Comfort actually has cannot find the net against Vasilevsky. That will get in his head. I, I saw him like. I will say three golden opportunities in last game. Yep. Golden oh, opportunities yeah. where he is in, in a slot with Vasilevsky. Stamkos scores against Kemper those ones. Uh, wait, yeah, against the Kemper, yeah. But Comfer didn't score against Vasilevsky in the same position in front in, in in the slot. Maybe he could show the shot, pause it a little bit, take it around. But you know, it's Comfer how you Comfer how you call it. It's not I mean Kucherov who will take a pause. You know, he will just shoot the puck. That's why he's there. So, yeah, from the props, Big Val, Andre Palat, yep. uh, 